Welcome back to the Rookie Curse Podcast, a podcast for all things Philadelphia 76ers. My name's Andrew Quinlan. I appreciate any and all of you that are still listening. Um, it has been, wow, over five months since the last time I recorded. Uh, my last episode was on March 6th, and it was following, excuse me, uh, following Shake Milton's little outburst before the entire world fell apart. Um, I don't know why I didn't record anything in the in the last five months. I kind of felt like nobody would really be interested. Nobody's really interested in this podcast at all. I kind of just do it to get my thoughts out there uh, for like the 10 people that do listen. But I felt like, you know, in a time, in crazy times like this, not I don't think anybody's really clamoring for for my opinion on uh, a slightly above average basketball team. So I kind of just didn't record anything. Um, and that changes today because today is the first day of the NBA postseason. Uh, I'm, it just feels so weird. It's August 17th and there's basketball on. And like I'm pretty invested. But it's also like it feels so weird that there's basketball on and that we're in a pandemic and it's August and they're playing in Orlando. Like they're two hours away from me. But it feels like uh, it's just so strange. Um, and of course, the Sixers are never going to let me just enjoy watching them play, even during an eight game bubble stretch where they've had four months to get healthy, a few months to work out some kinks, get everyone rested, try out some new stuff. Uh, they'll never just do that. They'll never just be normal um, because, you know, three games in, uh, Ben Simmons dislocated his kneecap and he's going to be out probably for the playoffs unless they somehow make a run to the, even if they make the East Conference Finals, that's only in like three, three or four weeks, right? So I really doubt that he'd be back for that. Um, maybe the finals, if they somehow made the finals with nobody who's able to defend anyone on the perimeter. So, yeah, um, I might as well give my thoughts on how the bubble went, and then I'll give my thoughts on uh, the Boston series, and maybe some off-season big-picture stuff. Um, I don't know, the bubble wasn't really that bad. They shot very well from three. Uh, they shot, I think they shot over 40%, even though, you know, a lot of the minutes in the last, like, four games were kind of garbage time minutes. I mean, they were pretty locked in at six. They would have had, they would need, there would need to be a lot of uh, maneuvering between Indiana and Miami uh, for the Sixers to even get into the 4-5 matchup. And once they lost that first game to Indiana, it was kind of like, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're not going to, they're just going to be the sixth seed, which is fine. It doesn't really matter. Uh at the end of the day because like we said all year they could roll through the conference or they could just die in the first round and without Ben it's probably more likely that they're going to lose to Boston um but you never know you know there were some good signs in the bubble uh Joel Embiid in the first like four games of the bubble he looked incredible he was he had like what 40 and 20 in the first game he he was looking fresh. He was looking spry. He was making good passes, and it kind of fell off a little bit toward the end. He did have a couple injuries because, you know, he always does, um, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, but man, those first four games, man, 
he averaged, man, he averaged 30, 30 points, 13 and a half rebounds, and three assists, along with a, st- a steal and a half and a block and a half a game. Like, man, he was just balling out, and they were three and one. Although all of those games were kind of just like slogs to go through, but he looked really good. And then like five minutes into the Portland game, he twisted his ankle, and then like a, qu- a quarter and a half into the Toronto game, Marcus Sol slapped the shit out of his wrist, uh, and somehow it wasn't called a foul. And then he played versus Houston. Like I have no idea why. There was no reason to do that, um, and he looked all right, I guess. But. It's it's like I just I don't know what to what to expect with this. Like they they were already behind they were already behind the curve. They were implementing a new starter into the starting lineup permanently during the the bubble training camp. And it looked really good in the scrimmages and in some of the practice footage we saw because the Sixers are the kings of just looking amazing in these games that like kind of matter and are like you know, you're kind of trying to see what they look like, but then when it's like nutting up time, it, it all fucking falls apart. <laughs> so, um, you know they were they were already trying to implement Shake because that starting five had literally not played a single minute all season, uh, which is just delightful. It's just I don't know. Um, I was really excited to see Ben play the four. It was really cool seeing him hit that three in the scrimmage. He did take a three versus Washington. That was cool, and he was actually on the play that he got hurt. It was on an offensive rebound. He got it, and then he started dribbling back out. And he was literally about to shoot a three. Like, he was starting his motion, and then he was just passed it off to because Horford was open in the paint. Uh, and then he just walked off, and I was like, oh, you know, maybe tweak something. And it turns out he dislocated his kneecap. So, um, but yeah, in, in the four games, Ben didn't really look that great. Three or four games. I think it was the third game. Or, yeah, it was third game versus Washington was where he got hurt. Um he didn't really look that great defensively versus Indiana. He just like, I mean, TJ Warren was incredible in the bubble, but like, you know, 53 points. Come on. It's TJ Warren. Like Ben, you can stop him. And he wasn't even getting to the line. Uh, so that was a weird sign. Like Ben, that was a rare, like Ben had good counting stats. He had like, like almost like a 20 point triple double almost, I think, but he just looked so bad. And it was so weird because in the scrimmages, he looked pretty good. Um, but, and then the next two games, he kind of had some foul trouble and just wasn't really, just kind of looked sluggish. So I don't know if there was a lingering issue before, but yeah, it was it was a it was a weird vibe from Ben, um, and it's really disappointing that he's injured, and I don't know what's gonna happen from here with him. Um, God, there's so much BS going around about the future of the team but just for this season like it sucks because he really did have a really good season like he really improved this year especially toward the end of when he was healthy in the regular season my god he was playing so well just so well and it really sucked that he hurt his back and then worked his way back and then he hurt his knee so um i really hope he gets better soon i'm excited to see him next season uh, but for now, the rest of the team looked pretty good. Tobias had a pretty good bubble, I thought. Uh, a couple, not empty calorie scoring games, but, you know, like the 26 points on 23 shots or whatever. Uh, just because he doesn't get to the line at all. And it's like, I don't know why. Because he's big, 
and he can take contact. Like, he's strong, and he's not afraid to go into the paint or anything. So, like, what's what's the issue here? I don't, I don't really know. Um, he did average 22 points in the bubble and 8 rebounds, and he shot 41% from 3, which is cool. Um, but still, like, I don't know. It, it, it's... It's just been such a weird row with Tobias because, like, I know he can play a little bit better and he shows it a lot and he's usually consistently pretty good. But then sometimes it's just like, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, and Horford has looked really good. I'm really, I've been saying it all year. Horford's not washed. Like, he's not. You know? Like, he's just not washed. He was in a, he was a poor fit and he had a bad shooting stretch after he got hurt. But. You know, at the end of the season, his numbers weren't really that bad, if we're looking at it. Like, he was he was obviously less efficient this year. His two-point percentage was... It's closer to his career average, because last year was kind of a... Uh, you know, the exception to what he's been doing. An outlier, excuse me. He shot 60% on twos last year. Jesus. Uh, and this year, he shot 51.6%. So, his efficiency was down, but... You know, he still averaged 12 points, 7 boards, 4 assists, like right around where he usually is, and he finished the season shooting 35% from three on the most attempts of his career, mostly because of a really good bubble. Uh, he was at like 33, low 33% uh, at the end of the of the regular season in March. But he looked good. His passing was really good. Him and Joel were really playing well together. Like, it was really... It was really nice to see, like, the little high-low actions they were running. Um, and... It just proved that two of the three of Horford, Simmons, and Embiid can all work together. Just three, all three together is just not ideal. Um, so I don't know, man. It's just it's it's just such a weird, so weird. Um, Richardson and Shake were pretty inconsistent during it. Uh, Richardson did have that monster performance versus Portland, and he the second half of the bubble he did play pretty well, I thought. But man, like some of the games in the bubble, it's like, dude, he's scoring like four points on like nine shots, and he passes up threes. Like I don't get, it. he shot like six threes a game for Miami. There, it, it can't just be like the system's that much better that you're way more willing to shoot threes. I don't get that. You know, it's it's like I just I just don't get that yeah and Bede and Horford and eh, they were only a plus four and a half in the bubble they did have a really good offensive rating but defensively just not that great 113.5 um in 84 minutes so it's actually a decent sample but um yeah uh how am I feeling about the team it is it is kind of interesting how much more normal they look when Ben's not playing I mean it makes sense because Ben's a very strange player um but i don't know like i don't i don't trust anyone even shake who i'm very high on he's a really good shooter and he he shot okay during the bubble um had a couple off games he also had a game winner which was very cool very cool to see that because the first game he looked absolutely terrible him and mb were getting an argument and then the next game for him to hit a game winner and mb to be really hype about it and everybody getting hype about it it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool moment. That was a cool, like, you know, of this shit show of a season. That was a maybe smile, you know? I was very excited for Shake to hit that game-winning shot. Um, but is he ever going to be, like, an actual good starter? Maybe. He's a, he's a very good shooter. He's a pretty smart passer. 
Um, defensively, he's just so skinny, and he just kind of gets worked, and he's not the fastest guy. He does have really good length, and it helps him. You know, he can he can get his hand in the passing lane a little bit. Sometimes he can even get a block on drives. Like, he blocked, I think, Derek White. Derek White's pretty good. He had a really nice block in the clutch on, I think it was Derek White, or it was one of, you know, San Antonio's 9 million guards. Um, but, you know, sometimes he just gets abused, and he just can't really get into the paint that well. He can, he's good at finishing around guys, but, you know, he, he's, he can just get bumped pretty easily, and they're not going to call, especially in the playoffs. But, you know, it's only his second season. I think it was a very positive season for him, and he's going to play a lot in the playoffs. And we'll see. We'll see. Because if he's hitting shots, like, it is nice that he can hit. A point guard that can hit a 15-footer is pretty nice. It's pretty nice to have. Um, but we'll see if he's if he's the, the long-term option at the, you know, combo guard spot. Um, and the rest of the guys, Furcon looked really good the last few games. Uh, had a sweet ch- he blocked James Harden on the I think it was he I think it was him that blocked him they had that weird camera so I couldn't really tell if it was him or Joel but one of the two pinned James Harden on the backboard and Furkan got the ball and came up the court and just hit a pull-up three like it was nothing and I, I like Furkan is the just the goofiest looking dude he's really good but he's just so goofy and his shot is really smooth but it just looks a little bit like weird sometimes <laughs> Um, but he looked pretty good. Alec Burks looked really, really good. Um, really took over that Orlando game. I think we, we're going to overrate the shit out of him because he's uh, just the first player we've had in, like since Lou Williams that can really just get a bucket off the dribble and pull up and shoot uh, and score and do cool dribble moves. But he's really good, and he's been shooting really well. And he might win us a playoff game. Like I could see that, and I really hope they re-sign him. I really doubt he's that expensive, especially... Uh, with coronavirus potentially having cap uh, implications this summer. I mean, at most, he's going to get, like, uh, the taxpayer mid-level, which is, like, what, $5 million? And I'm not sure if we're paying a tax or not. I always forget when the extension, whatever, uh, for Ben kicks in. I think we're going to pay the tax. But, like, he's... And defensively, he's not terrible. Like he he knows what he's doing more than Shake because he's just a veteran. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And he has pretty good length and decently athletic. He's just you know when he when he's scoring's off, he looks like a twelfth guy. So, but the Sixers need that kind of guy. Like they they haven't ever had that. The sixth man last year was Mike Scott, who also looked pretty decent in the bubble. But you know Mike Scott's not a creator. You know, and James Ennis wasn't a creator, and TJ was unplayable, and Boban was unplayable. So, like, they really just haven't had anyone like that. Um, kind of sucked that Glenn Robinson got hurt because he actually looked really good in the scrimmages, and in the short time that he played, he looked really good in the bubble. And now he's out for, I think they said seven to ten days. So that might be the whole series, if I'm being honest. Um, which kind of sucks because they, you know, versus, versus a team like Boston, they can use all the wings they can get. Uh, so I might as well just shift to that series now. I I think there's a little bit of momentum, like uh, from national pundits about you know the Sixers actually having a shot even with Ben out because um, you know they're gonna they still have Embiid they had the best player in the series by a decent margin, um, but man like Richardson's defense just isn't really that good. It's good. It's fine. It's really, it's pretty good. Sometimes it's really, really good, but sometimes it's just he's not smart enough 
like that play on Dame when he just went, he guarded him 37 feet from the basket. And it's like, yeah, Dame can hit it, but you're giving him so much room to pull up, and then you got the four-point play. It's stuff like that where I'm like, Josh, like, can we trust you in the playoffs on defense to be smart? Because, you know, we're going to need you now. But um, I, I don't think we're going to win. I don't. That's just what I'll say now. I don't think we're going to win the series. Uh, I think it'll go about six games. I think they'll they'll take two games or they shoot really well, but just Tatum, Brown, and Hayward are just going to go off. I actually think Kemba's not going to play that well. He didn't really play that well against the Sixers this year. He had some really bad shooting nights, especially opening night. Like, Matisse Thibel in his NBA debut gave him hell, and he's better than he was in his debut. Uh, and I think he's going to play a decent amount. So, I can see Kemba kind of having a shaky series, but man, like, Ben did such a good job on Tatum this year. And now who's going to guard Tatum? Like, Tobias? Uh, I don't know. I think he's too tall for Matisse. And too tall for Richardson. And Horford might be able to give him problems, but I don't want I don't want Horford out there defending Tatum in pick-and-rolls and pull-up stuff. I just don't. But I do think we have the advantage on the bench because Boston's bench is pretty bad. Like, they have Marcus Smart who's good, and he's pretty much a starter. Um, he might actually, I don't even, I haven't even kept up. But Canner's not, I don't expect Canner to do much, and like Wanamaker and Ojale and Grant Williams, like I don't, I don't see them doing anything. You know, like they're going to play a really tight rotation, and we might be able to get a, get by with eight, they might just be playing six or seven, which is going to help, because we need, we need depth. And we won't, we won't be losing the Embiid minutes this year, the Embiid list minutes this year. I think Embiid's going to play like 36 minutes a game, um, at least. And we actually have someone to play good center minutes, which is, that was the whole rationale with, uh, behind getting Horford. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a mess. Uh, but with Boston's shot creation, I just don't think we're going to be able to match up with like really the only people we have that can really get their own shot on this team is like Tobias and Burks and I can see Embiid having just problems because as much as I love Joel and I think he's incredible and I hope he's on the Sixers for the rest of his life there's just a part of me that's like man when this guy faces adversity in a game like I just don't really trust him to get through it like he hasn't really shown it to me yet but he also hasn't really been healthy um, in the playoffs in the past. And this season was just such a strange thing to watch. Um, but who knows? I mean, he did have a, a monster 38-point performance in Boston in December in a game that they really needed him to. And it was like, wow, this is this is JoJo LMB we want 80% of the time. Like, we don't need him to go that hard all the time. And maybe he'll do it again because I don't really trust Tice or... Uh, Canner to defend him and you know they're going to throw Marcus Smart on double teams at him and Marcus Smart is a truck in the post for a 6-3 guy but I, Embiid should like sometimes I just wish Embiid would watch guys like Nurkic and Valanciunas because as good as Joel is in the post like he's probably the most prolific post player in the league if not number one he's like top three 
there there is some BS that he gets away with and that he relies on. And in the playoffs, you're not going to get away with it. Like I don't know why he's always fading, and he's always doing like he's doing too many rip throughs and too many like too many weird like side hooks that like I wish he would just go up with a regular hook shot because he can get it off over everyone. No one's going to stop it, and he can bang with anyone down low. But he just tries to do all this weird stuff. And I don't think he has, like, he has good touch, but I wish he could, I just wish he could watch guys like, like, oh, I've been watching a lot of Portland, and Nurkic has really good touch, even though he does miss some, like, bunnies every once in a while for some reason, but he has, like, good touch. And same with Valanchunas. We, like, we saw it in the game on Saturday. Like, Valanchunas just has, he, he makes, like, every hook shot, and there's no reason Embiid shouldn't, because Embiid has the touch in him. He's such a talented shooter for his size and a good free throw shooter. Like, he should be able to make those hooks rather than relying on these fadeaways and you know I just wish he could maybe like mature his post game a little bit even even though right now it's super prolific in the regular season um but yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna take Boston in six I'm not trying to be pessimistic I'm usually pretty optimistic but it's gonna be kind of nice to watch this knowing that we're at a major disadvantage instead of like last year like we were kind of at a disadvantage with them beat hurt but we still probably had the more talented team and we had four all-star caliber players plus reddick like there was less excuses the last two years um so you know i i i think i'm just gonna relax i'm not really gonna care what happens but if they win i'm gonna go crazy because i hate boston so much <laughs> even though they have some pretty like like all their guys are pretty likable other than smart even though i wish he was on the sixers but they're not as unlikable as two years ago when they had uh, uh, Morris and Rozier. God, those guys are annoying. So, so yeah, Boston and six. Um, so I'll just move on to whatever's going to happen after that. Um, in the off season, this if we ha- are we going to have an off season? I guess right. It's going to be really weird. Uh, but I think Brett's going to get fired. Um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think he's a bit of a scapegoat. Like, he's not a great coach, but he's not a bad coach. And he's dealt with so much BS, like, just so much stupid stuff that I kind of feel bad for him. Um, but I think it's just time. They need a new look. They need a new offense. They need a new defense. Like, they just need to figure something out regarding that because I, it's like some of the stuff he does is a little bit questionable. And it's like... We're putting guys in just the, like the weird spots, and I know he has had a lot of injuries this year, and he hasn't had what he thought he was going to have. But still, it just seems like at this point, it, a change need to be needs to be made. Uh, I don't know who's they're gonna get. Uh, I really do like Stan Van Gundy as a guy. I love listening to him commentate. Not really sure, and he has had success winning around a center with shooters, which is how you should build around a bead. Um, you know they almost. They were three wins away from the finals, from a from a title in uh, 2009. But you know that Detroit run was not great. But as long as he's not making the decisions, we already have people fucking up our decisions for us. So we don't really need uh, Sam Van Gundy doing that. But I don't I don't think I'd be completely opposed. Like he is a very respected guy. Uh, but I kind of hope he does because I really like listening to him, listening to listening to him commentate. Uh, he's really fun to listen to. And the other options, Ty Lue. You know, with the Ben clutch thing and Ty Lue and Cleveland and everything, um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he became the coach, and I'm not sure how I'd feel. I mean, it's hard to judge a, t- a LeBron coach because a LeBron offense is going to be a LeBron offense. It's going to be a lot of pick and rolls, a lot of spot up shooters, a lot of movement off the ball, but not. Sometimes it looks a little bit sluggish um, at times, and we don't have LeBron <laughs> to make up for that. So. I don't know how to judge Ty Lue, but he has had a lot of experience. Apparently, he's very highly regarded around the league. He is a, an assistant on you know one of the one of the best teams in the league. Um. So and he seems to be pretty good at like managing egos, but we'll see. I don't know. I wouldn't be mad at hiring Udoka, even though I guess like he I think he's a defensive coordinator. And we haven't really had that great of a defensive season. We were like pretty good, but we should be the best at defense in the league. Um, we were like sixth, I think, maybe even we were sixth before the bubble. I don't know what we are now. It doesn't really matter after the bubble, but um, just to keep it in house, I don't know how the guys feel. But it really depends what the guys think on the team, uh, because at the end of the day, none of us really know that much about coaching. I also I wouldn't hate D'Antoni just because I know he's like a great he's a great point guard coach. Like we know that, and I don't like people's like oh he's he's just gonna want to run. It's like. Now, he's adjusted pretty well throughout his career. Like, he went from running gun, the definition of running gun in Phoenix, uh, and then in New York he kind of tried, and it was kind of tough with Melo, and then he left. I mean, he was only there, what, two and a half seasons, three seasons? And then in Phoenix, he's really, or in uh, Houston, he's really showed that he can um, kind of adjust on the fly. Like, the Rockets used to be pretty a pretty fast team, and then they became a really isolation-heavy team when Harden realized that he doesn't really need screens to get where he needs to go. And they became, you know, the best offense ever. One of the best offenses ever in 2018. And now with Westbrook, like, he's adjusted. And it's not easy to coach Westbrook, but he's done a pretty good job, I think, at reining Westbrook in, uh, especially toward the end of the regular season. Like, he was looking incredible. And they, they really upped the pace again. Like, he can, he can do a little bit of everything. And he's a very, obviously, a smart basketball mind. Obviously, he has a connection with the owners. He was our assistant coach in 2016. And they apparently really wanted him to be the coach. Apparently, Brian did. Uh, so I don't know how, how good of an idea that'd be, considering Colangelo wanted it. But I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think he can really unlock Simmons. But the, the, the key to the offseason is going to be getting the, sh- the fucking mess cleaned on this roster, which I don't think is impossible. I think it's going to be, you have to get creative. And I don't know if I trust this front office to do that. But it shouldn't be impossible, especially now that they got the OKC pick, which is really great. So thankful for Mike Pascala hitting that shot because if they would have missed out on that pick, like just barely missed out, that would have just been an even bigger slap in the face of this terrible season. So um, really great that we have that asset. We have picks going forward. We don't have our own first this year, but we do have the Thunder pick, which is rough around the same spot. Um, and going forward, we do have our picks. And we have still a bunch of second-round picks, so... Um, we have stuff to work with, and we have young guys who I really hope they don't trade, uh, unless it's for a really good deal. And in my opinion, they are going to have to make a decision on on Simmons. I I think they trade Simmons, and I don't think his value is really that low right now. Like I don't, he's not going to get traded to the Cavs. If he does, I'll stop doing this podcast and stop following Sixers. But you know, that's been a rumor that's been floating around, but. Like he, he, they can do a lot better than that now. Like he's got five years on his deal left. He's a good young player, and teams definitely look at him and we're like, yeah, if we got him, we could definitely use him better than this 
shit show of a franchise has. Uh, which I believe. I think they could, especially a team with a really good stretch five and a really good point guard. Um, I've seen a lot of like CJ McCollum, Ben Simmons trades, and obviously it'd be a lot more than CJ because Ben's better player, I think so, and a more valuable asset. And I don't know, man. Like I really love CJ, and he'd be a great fit next to Embiid. But are we going to trade Ben Simmons for 29-year-old CJ McCollum, never made an all-star team on a max, bad defender, not that efficient? Like, he's eye test-wise, he'd be an amazing fit. And shooting, like, obviously his shooting would help a ton. He's one of the best shooters, especially mid-range shooters. Like, And he's a god at creating his own mid-range shot. My god, what he was doing on Saturday was ridiculous. But... And he has, he's had a lot of great playoff moments already. Like, it's kind of underrated. And that series where Portland got swept, he was really good. He averaged, like, 26 a game, pretty good efficiency. So, you know, he's... If it was, like, CJ, Gary Trent, Collins, and, like, two firsts, I'd probably do it. Because I really like Gary Trent. And if we traded Horford, then Collins would be a great backup five uh, and spot four. Because he can, really, he can move a little bit on the perimeter and he can shoot. Um, but then it's like, who's our point guard? Shake? We can't replace Shake and CJ and Tobias together. Come on, that's just like that's just not great. Uh, I almost would rather just use that pick to trade Tobias, even though I really like Tobias. I've said a million times, I like Tobias. He's a great leader. Um, but he's just not what we need. Uh, and that contract is terrible. So if they could use that to get like someone pretty good, I'd probably do that instead. Like a good three and D guy, who can score on—I don't know—it's so hard to figure out. Um, there's a lot of Buddy Heald rumors, like Horford and Richardson and OKC pick for Heald. As much as Heald's shooting would help, I just think like we'd be a worse team, and Horford and Heald's contract is kind of bad. Like he's not that good. He's—he's he's good. He's on a max, so it's like he's—and he's a good shooter, really, really fantastic shooter, and he's shown the ability to score a little bit. But, you know, there's been some bad intel on him with coaches and stuff, and he's an atrocious defender and not really a creator. So, you know, they'd have to get creative otherwise. If they could trade, like, Richardson for Seth Curry, I'd probably do that in, like, an instant. Even if they had to give up, like, a couple seconds, I'd probably do that. Uh, Even though Curry has some bad injury stuff and, you know, he's not a great defender, but he's such a great shooter, and he can actually hand the ball a little bit. Um... And I just hope they keep Shake and Korkmaz. I don't know why I'm so stuffy today. I'm not sick. I don't have code. Uh, Korkmaz, Shake, and Thibel are like our three guys who are super cheap. And, I mean, Korkmaz has one more year. I think they're going to extend him for a decent price. Probably like $5 million a year. Um, but having those three guys as plug-and-play starters or bench guys would be so nice considering how much money we're paying everyone else on the team. So I really hope they don't trade them just to trade them. And I hope they don't trade Horford just to get off his contract because that's just that'd just be greedy by the owners because there's no reason to trade Horford unless you're getting someone that fits a lot better in return. And I'm not sure where that trade is, but I think that he's helped his, his, his value has gone up a little bit during the bubble because he's played really well and they've, he, he's shown that he can still play pretty well and he's still a super smart player. He's never not going to be a smart player. He's a great locker room guy. Everybody seems to love him. Uh, and he's still a stretch five who can defend. Like, it's not, it's pretty rare. So, so yeah, that's that's what I've got today. Um, 
I'm happy basketball's back. I still feel weird about it. Like, it just doesn't really feel all the way back. Um, but it is. And it's been it's been nice having basketball to watch because I just can't I couldn't do it anymore with the reruns I couldn't I thought I could I was like oh I don't have to watch the Sixers anymore this is good but then it's like you miss it man it's like it's not fun not having basketball uh, especially how well they've handled the bubble compared to you know baseball and f- what football's about to go through so you know props to the NBA for that. Um, the bubble atmosphere seems pretty cool. Matisse's vlogs are really great. You should got you guys should all watch them if you haven't. I think episode eight just went up. Um, hopefully, we stay long enough that he has like ten vlogs instead of just finishing at eight. Uh, we'll see. So, all right, uh, I'm gonna head off now. Appreciate it. I'm not sure how many more podcasts I'm gonna do. Uh, definitely not gonna do them after each game. I work a lot this week, uh, and that'd just be too much talking. But I had fun talking again. So, appreciate anyone that listened. Uh, go follow SQ Sports, our podcast, or follow us on Twitter at SQ underscore sports. We're going to have a playoff preview going up today. So look out for that. Uh, all right. See you guys later.